Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Hello and welcome to Parsha Sav. We're going to focus on some ideas that have only gone mostly not found in this Parsha, but just about the concept of Karbanos. And specifically, we mentioned last week about the Karbana Ola, which the word Ola means Ola al Ruchacha, like the Ramban says. It was on the things that come up in your mind. Ola al Ruchacha, things that come up in your mind. We see how important it is to have a pure mind. And one of the famous shitas of the Vilna Gon is specifically about using your mind in Torah. And I want to go into this. If we open up a Shulchan Arach, uh, we find a very interesting thing in Arachayim Mem Zayin. And there it talks about that if you think in Divrei Torah before, in the morning, before making Berchus HaTorah, is that okay? Or must you stop and make Berchus HaTorah before thinking in Torah? And the Beis Yosef says, in, in the name of the Algor there, that we pause like Rav Chizda in, in the Gemara and Brachas, Tavchuf, I'm going to base that here her love kadibar dummy that thoughts are not the same thing, and therefore he poskins that uh, one is allowed to think in Torah learning before making Birchaza Torah, and he does not have to make the bracha. Uh, it's only if he talks, or we'll see later, perhaps writing or other things. Now, Gra there argues, and he says this is very strange. And he says that the bracha is an important part of the Kiyama mitzvah. And how could you say that there's no mitzvah in thinking of Torah? The Pasuk says, A person that has to be yagea in Torah should uh, involve himself with Torah day and night. And that means, the, the Gra says, in your heart. That's in your heart. And one of the proofs that Vilna Gon brings down is that the Pasuk says, which means the thinkings of my heart, which means that even if you don't say the actual words, uh, you are you are still considered learning. And of course you would get reward for learning. And so therefore says the Grah, his famous opinion, that one must make a Berchus Torah even on thinking Torah. That's not how we pask in Halacha Lamaisa, but that is the Vilna Gon's Pesach Halacha. And so if we look at uh, the, the Pasuk in Yeshua, that actually is a source of Yegisa Bo Yom Valayla. So we'll find that Rashi says there, basically like the Grah, not necessarily in Psak, but what he says is that Vigisabo means Vizbon Antabo. You should think about it. And he says, Kol Hegion Shabatora, believe. And this is Rashi's, this is Rashi's comment. Anytime it says the word Hegion in the Torah, it means thoughts in your heart. Like it says in the Pasuk, Vehegion Libi Lefanecha, which is Tehillim Yutes. Or Libcha Yege Ema, like we say in the Bracha of Yom Kippur. This is all brought down by Rashi. It's a Pasuk in Yishai Alam Gimel. And so, um, that, this seems to be a question, a valid question of the Vilna Gon. So there's a number of answers, and again, this is not a halacha shir, but there's some fascinating ideas. Obviously, a person does get reward for thinking in Torah, and as the Grub points out very clearly, the question is whether Berchus Torah is required. So the Prima Gadim in Mishvazov over there says that, of course, and he writes this explicitly, that of course you're Mekayim a mitzvah through thought, but However, that the bracha, Birchus Torah, was not niskan, was not established except on someone that is actually talking out loud. And he says, just like we find in Bittel Chametz, for example, when a person is mevatel, he relinquishes his ownership and, and his uh, caring about the Chametz in his heart. So even though it's Mitzvah Raisa, um, but nonetheless, him thinking those words are not enough to make the bracha because we don't make a bracha on things that are in your heart. Rather, he has to say it. And that is the important thing. He has to say it. Now, the Nishmas Adam, was, that's the Chai Adam, and Klal Tess, he talks about this halacha of Birchus HaTorah, and he was a relative. His, his son was married to, to the Vilna Gon's granddaughter. 
and he comes to often defend the Grah, and once in a while to argue with him as well. He was a Talmud of Nodi Behuda, and certainly one of the Gedoli Hadar. And um, so he writes over there that the Grah is right technically. However, what's interesting is that since Berachos HaTorah is learned out in the Gemara and Brachos from the Pasuk, Kishem Hashem Ekra, it's a Pasuk in Devarim Lamed Beis, and the Gemara is in Brachos, is Chaf Aleph and Aleph, Kishem Hashem Ekra, I will call out the name of Hashem, Havu Godel Kenu, that's when I should give honor to him through a Bracha, and Ekra, that, that Kriya, that the Pasuk, that calling out, that means verbally, and so therefore the Bracha was only established for, not for thoughts, but for uh, something that is recognizable, which is calling out verbally. And uh, that's what it means. La'asok, but the Torah says the Chayadam means to involve yourself verbally with Torah. Um, and that's and that's a pshat. So what does it mean, That means if you even if you can't talk, then you should at least be thinking about it. It's true. The, the Torah, the, the Pasuk is saying in, in Yeshua that you should at least be thinking Torah. But of course, it's better. We know Chayim Heim Lomotzam Peh. I'm adding this idea, but the Gemara in in uh, Erevin says that the Torah is life to those who express it. And this was Rabbi Kiva's, uh, Rabbi Meir's wife, Bruria, uh, found one in the Tamil Chacham who was learning, and she kicked him because he was learning to himself. And she said, A woman understands that things need to be expressed, and Torah needs to be expressed. And therefore, that's, that's the pshat that is brought down from the Chai uh, Adam to explain the Vilnagon and to answer for the Vilnagon. And that's this is a very, very interesting conversation. And by the way, if you look further in Shulchan Aruch, in uh, Sibin Mem Zion, Sifkat and Gimel, it says if you write Divrei Torah, even though you are not reading them, you're still chayav to make a bracha, a berachas Torah. And what's the difference between, between um, thinking and writing? So one of the simplest answers is that when you come to, when you write, you're going to come to end up talking. But when you think, your mouth doesn't necessarily get opened. Um, and in fact, there's a very famous Chavos Yar, which is very fascinating, in Simon Tess Zion, that he writes there that let's say you write a Shvua, you write that you swear something, you swear to do something, but you, you don't express it, you actually just write it. So is that binding or not? So he writes that it is binding um, because your writing is the same thing as your speech. And he says that the Shulchan Aruch, it, my, the Shulchan Aruch is my proof because it says if you write the Torah, you have to make a bracha. However, one could argue that the Shulchan Aruch is not saying that that the writing is actually the speech, not at all. The Shulchan Aruch is just saying that since you might come to say it, therefore you should make a bracha beforehand. And based on the Grah, since anyway, even thinking is sufficient, so there it would count. But certainly when it comes to Shavua, that would not be the case. Um, and many people argue with the, um, what's it called? With the Chavos Yar, including Ricky Vega and Simon Chavtes. So anyway, this is just a very, very fascinating um, Shaila. And this is the Vilnagon. What's the story with the Vilnagon? Well, the story of the Vilnagon is very fascinating. It's Lishi Tasso. Uh, Chaim Velezhin brings down many stories about his Rebbe, and I'm going to go through a few of them. But I'm going to start with one that's in the middle of this writing. Uh, there's a Sefer called Safar Ditsniusa, which is a Kabbalistic Sefer. It was written um, by the, probably from a Tanaic stage, and it's Biuchas to perhaps Adam. And the Arizal wrote a Pirish on some of it, and and um, on the first parak and the beginning of a second parak, um, and the um, the Vilna Gaon wrote a pirush on it when he was very young as well. And when this was published, Rechaim Velazhin wrote a basically a hespid for his Rebbe as the introduction to Sefer Tzafer Nusa. It's printed in the back of the old 
Prince of Nefesh Chaim and Ruach Chaim. It's very, very fascinating. So I'm going to quote some of the stories. So basically the story is that a number of very close Talmudim visited the Grah on one Pesach afternoon. And um, it was the first day of Pesach, to be precise, in the afternoon. And two of these close Talmudim, Talmidim Shuvim of the Grove were sitting there, and I would imagine that probably one of them was Rav Chaim Velazhin, but he doesn't write this. And they knew the Grove very well. He was always happy, especially on Yontif. But yet, he, he looked a little bit not as happy as usual. And so they asked him, Rebbe, what's going on? Is everything okay? Are you okay? And he did not want to tell them. But then finally they kept saying, Rebbe, Torah, he will not We need to learn. Tell us, tell us what's going on. So he told them, okay, I'll tell you what happened. He said, only because it says, Dagoblev Gemara says, if you have a worry, you should share it. So what happened? He said, last night, Elioa Navi came to me. And in my dream, he was teaching me all types of chidushim, no rhyme, ain chik, ain chiker, on uh, the Pasuk of Aluzeba Negev. And he says, when I got up in the morning, I was so excited because I remembered what he taught me. And I started thinking about what he taught me before making Birchus Torah. And Hashem punished me. Remember, this is the Grelish Yitasa, where you're not allowed to think Torah without making Birchus Torah. That immediately I forgot the, all, all of the Torah that I had been taught. And so the students were in a spall. They were astonished by what they heard, but they also knew the Rebbe. He was a Grelish. He was a great Vilnagon. And so they said, Rebbe, we give you a bracha that Hashem should return it back to you. Give your lost object back to you. A few days later, they asked him, Rebbe, what happened? Did you get it back? And he said, Baruch Hashem, it was revealed to me a second time. And I was taught 2,260 pshatim in that Pasuk Alu Zebanegev and said the Grah. Um, and once I figured out why I lost it, so he says there was a lot of other reasons besides what I told you, but now I also recognize why they gave it back to me a second time. That's all he explained. It was the Grah who was in touch with Shemaim. And, and the Grah said about what he was taught that in one shot out of those 2,260, I could explain all the purposes of every single creature in the entire world and every single uh, limb of the body, what its topic and what its lesson is. I don't know if he explained it to them, but there's nothing else printed here. I would like to know what that is. So that is what we have from this introduction. And that's the Vilna Gon's opinion about thoughts. So we see that thoughts are very powerful. And like the Nefesh Chaim himself writes, that the Misa, the action that Titus did, where, where he desecrated the, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the, the holiest place in the world, by bringing a Sefer Torah, putting it on the floor, bringing a Zona into the base of Hagdash, and his act that he did there does not compare to a Jewish mind which is the sanctuary, the Kodesh HaKadoshim, when a person has a bad thought, negative thought about anything tummy that he's not allowed to think about, so that he is doing more damage to the Kodesh HaKadoshim, so to speak, to the holy abode, says Nevesh Chaim, than anything that Titus ever did, because Titus was a Russia, and he was a guy, and he had no impact, but you're, we're a Jew, and our, and our minds and our bodies are holy, and so how careful we need to be about our thoughts. And so one of the ironies I always say is that the Vilna Gaon's thoughts were pure. His Vilna Gaon's thoughts were his power. And so for him, he gave Hashivas that, and even that needed a Berchus HaTorah. Halvai, our actual words, where we actually express the word, should deserve a Berchus HaTorah. But we should strive towards the Vilna Gaon that the thoughts that we have should be pure and holy. Now a couple more stories. So the Nefesh um, the, the sorry, the Chaim Velazhin, some people call him by a safer he wrote, the Chaim Velazhin explains 
a number of stories, and I'm going to go through a couple of them very briefly because they're fascinating. So he says that Tanoim Chachmei Azor Kadosh wrote Sefer Tzafrin Tznusa, and Tzafrin Tznusa, by the way, if you want to know what it means, it means the Sefer of Tznius, uh, the private secret Sefer. Okay, and some people in Riyachi said to, to, to Yaakov Avinu. Some people bring it back earlier, and we know that the uh, Arizal had Ha'arasa written on it, and um, we have a little bit of the Purushim, and he said, Rechaim Velazhin says, what a great day that we have, we're able to print uh, the Gruz Pshatim on this Sefer. He says, even though there are very, very few Ha'aras that he wrote, but still each one is, 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 a, um, is an amazing um, addition. So, um, the first thing he he writes a number of very interesting things, but he says all the things that were added, all the Bryces that were added uh, that we find throughout Shas, he says they're all hinted to in the Mishnah itself. And he says not only that, um, all of the um, Gemaras and Sigis and Babli and Yerushalmi, they all go back to the Mishnah itself. And if you learn Mishnayis, that is the foundation of everything. And when a person learns Poskim and Shulchan Aruch, that's only to remind you of the halachas that are found throughout the Yam HaTalmud so that you'll be able to go back and learn it properly. Of course, nowadays, many of the Gedoli HaPoskim have come and tried to simplify it for those that are not able to learn to that level, nonetheless. And so, um, therefore, the Grah says that this Sefer of Kabbalah, Safar Sinusa, is kind of the Mishnayis of all of Kabbalah, which is very fascinating. And it's from the Pasuk, based on the Pasuk, that to the private people, is that's where wisdom goes. Okay. So, the Rechaim Velazhin writes that Menashemayim, they were, they agreed that the Zohar could be written by the by the Rashbi, and the Zohar is based very much on Safaris and Yusa. So again, this Sefer is kind of the Mishnayis of Kabbalah. And he says there's nothing in the Zohar and Tikkunim that is not hinted in the small Mishnayis of Safaris and Yusa. And there, the Zohar is like the Babi and Yerushalmi um, to this Mishnayis. So it was a very important Kabbalistic Sefer and Rechaim Velazhin was very excited about the Groz Pirish. Okay. And uh, he writes a number of things. And the... Rechaim Velazhin brings down that um, one of the only people that understood Kisve Arizal properly is Rechaim Velazhin himself, Rechaim Vital himself. And Arizal testified to this that that out of the people that understood it, it was only Rechaim Velazhin. There is another quote brought down that says uh, that that the Grah said that there's only three people that fully understand Kisve Arizal, and they are Ramosha Chaim Lazaro, the Ramchal, and the Vilnagon himself. Uh, because he says that it's all a mushal, it's all a, uh, a parable, and you have to understand what the nimshal is, what the lesson is behind everything in the Zohar. And he says, Rav Chaim, and, and, and the Kisvah Rizal are very hard to understand, and he says, um, Rav Chaim Vital understood it, but he hid he hid his understanding and made it look like sometimes he didn't understand it, but it's nicker from the writings, he says, that he did understand it, whatever that means. Okay. So, the... Um, Rechaim Velazhin writes that his Rebbe, the Vilnagon, used to have Gili Eliyahu, and sometimes he would have Moshe Rabbeinu uh, come to him as well, and um, he would sometimes tell his Talmudim about this as well. And um, he also warns about, there are different parts of 
Kisve Arizal that were added later, which are not really from the Arizal, and a person has to be careful. And the, um, the villain that go used to teach people that when it comes to learning the Zohar and Tikkunim, that you have to learn them well, and you need to be Yagea, you need to work hard, because that is the only way that you accomplish it. And the girl used to say that there were many pieces that he, it took him weeks to understand properly. And this is another famous story, which is very related to the one that I started off with, but a little bit different. And just listen to this. So the, 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 Rav Chaim Velazhin says that I, my Rebbe the Gra told me a very fin, fin, interesting thing. And that is that he was one time studying a mimer in the Zohar about Rosh Chodesh and 12 Rosh Chodeshes and the secret. And he couldn't understand it at all. And then it was, Rosh, it was one Rosh Chodesh and he was davening um, Shachris. And all of a sudden in his thought, he thought about that mimer of the Zohar and he had seven Pshatim that just came to him. So it says the, the Gra said, well, what was I supposed to do? So, um, so he asked his Talmud, what, what do you think I should have done? So Rechaim Velazhin answered him, well, you should have waited a drop, get them in order, and get them clear, and then move forward. So the Gra says, I admit that I did that, but it was wrong. It was about a quarter of a minute. I waited 15 seconds, and I put them in order, and then I went to go finish my davening. However, to my dismay, when I finished davening, I thought about the mimer to try to review my the pshatim, and I totally forgot the pshat. And I was very, very upset about this. And not only was I, I was so upset that I had forgotten those seven amazing pshatim that I, it took me a half hour to clear my mind uh, and uh, in order for me to be able to say hollow properly. You see how, even though the Vilna Gon had very strong intellectual powers, but he had very strong emotions as well. And he only wanted to daven with a full heart to Hashem. And so he said, what did I do? I was masaking this. I started to daven when I, when I finished hollow and I daven musaf. And all of a sudden, all those seven pshatim came back to me, just like they did in the beginning. I, all seven of them started coming to me in the middle of Shemona Esrei. So instead, I didn't stop. I ignored them because I'm in the middle of davening. I'm talking to Hashem. And I didn't think about them at all. And when I finished davening, Tfilas Musaf, then I thought back to it and I had them all, remembered all seven pshatim and I had them. We see how in touch the Vilnagon was with his emotions and... Phenomenal thing. We see how important davening is and not interrupting davening. There's another very famous and fascinating thing about the Vilna Gon, which his student, Rav Chaim Velazhin, writes about him. And this is actually a source a lot of people don't know, but it comes from here. Um, is about his Yagia in Torah. He writes about how hard the Vilna Gon studied Torah and how much effort and energy he put into it. And not only that, but the Vilna Gon um, told Rechaim Velazhin that many times there were malachim, angels, and magidim, different types of uh, angels in heaven that offered to teach him Torah. And he always declined and said, I don't want free gifts. I want to uh, learn it by myself. And that is he wanted it through his own effort. Not only that, um, the, um, the Vilna Gon says... Uh, one time he sent his Talmud, uh, Rechaim Velazhin, to um, give a me- deliver a message to Rav Zalman Velazhin. Rechaim Velazhin had a brother whose name was Zalman Velazhin. He was legendary, and he was supposed to be the next Gadol Hadar, but he ended up dying very young. But he was a younger... The Rechaim Velazhin describes him as, my younger brother who is older than me, who is bigger than me. Achi Akatanmais, my younger brother, begadol mimeni, bechol mili demetav, chasida kadishim. All, he was a chassid and a kaddish, or Zalman. And the Gra sent, sent me to tell, tell him the following message. He said, 
don't accept the, the maga that you're being offered. There's an angel that's offering to learn with you. He says, you're going to ask me that what about the Beis Yosef? He learned with the Malach. He wrote the famous Magid Mesharm, which is a lot of the things that the, angels, the angel taught him in the 1500s. So the, the Gra answered that uh, the Beis Yosef, um, first of all, he lived 200 years ago. And so the generations were more worthy and it was okay. And also he was living in Eretz Yisrael. He lived in Sfat, in fact. And therefore it was allowed. But here, don't do it. And that was the message that was sent to his brother. So we could just imagine what was going on in all their worlds. Uh, the girl also told, told over that he knew the secret about how to create a golem. I know we talked about Maral's golem, which was in the 1500s. This was the Gra. And he said that he started building one when he was a child and um, ended up um, stopping because uh, he got a hint from Shemayim that, uh, that it, it should be stopped. And so he disbanded the project. We don't know exactly why he was building and what he was doing, but that's what the story goes. Um, and we know that the, the uh, Rukhaim Valajan reports that it, when his Rebbe would sleep, he would tell him that uh, he was learning Sotos HaTorah at night, and he would um, uh, kind of choose which Masifta Durakia he wanted to join at night to get answers and understandings. Um, so that is, and also the Gra said that sometimes a person has to sleep. Remember, the Gra slept two hours a day. Uh, for four half-hour periods, because there are certain sotos Torah that are only revealed in one's sleep and not while one's awake. So there are certain understandings one could only understand um, while they are asleep. And uh, so that was what was going on. Um, there was one time the Gra told over that he was talking over uh, the Parsha, Parsha's Hazino, and saying over the Rechaim Vlashen writes that there was a man going around Vilna who seemed to have some supernatural power where he was able to tell people what they were doing in private, what they were thinking. And people were very, very um, shocked by him. And they brought him to the Gra. And um, the Gra looked at him and said, go ahead. Um, you could talk. And so the man said, with Rebbe's permission, I'll tell you what you were doing um, last week. He says, last Thursday, you were sitting in the room and you were talking about Parshas Hazinu on the following Pasuk, and he quoted a Pasuk, and on your right side was sitting Rabbi Shimon bar the author of Zohar, and on your left side was sitting the Arizal, and the Gra was shocked that someone knew about this. And um, the Gra um, told the man to stop doing what he's doing. It was not appropriate. Rechaim Vlashen writes something that has to be taken with a grain of salt, but he basically says that, of course, the Gra was a loving father and caring father, but he um, very much focused, the, the Gemara tells us that uh, that. Uh, person sometimes has to be like an orev, uh, like a raven in the sense that uh, he can't be distracted by outside things, uh, by his family. And so he says about the grub, the grub was very focused on his learning and his family supported him. Um, and uh, there's one other story that is not brought down in this introduction, uh, as far as I recall, but there it is brought down in the Nefesh HaChaim uh, from the from the Rukhaim Belajan, and it's one of my favorite stories that kind of puts everything in perspective. So the, the Hasidim were fighting against uh, the Vilna Gon and, and Rechaim Velazhen. And one of the things that uh, the Vilna Gon and Rechaim Velazhen were upset about was that there was all these mofsim, these discussions about these mofsim that all the Rebbes were doing. And um, so um, Rechaim Velazhen um, was questioned the following question. He said, I don't get it. You know, the, you tell over Osos mofsim about the Vilna Gon as well. So why are we any different? We're telling Osos mofsim about our Rebbe. So Rechaim Velazhen said, 
there's a steer in the Gemara. On the one hand, it says that all the Tanam and Amaraim were, uh, were capable of doing Tchiyas HaBesim and, and great things. So we see even in the time of the Gemara, there was a discussion about the greatness, the Kabbalistic and spiritual greatness of, of, of the Tanam and Amaraim. But yet, at the same time, as Gemara and Brachas, it says there was a certain man, who Gavr, there was a certain individual, we don't know who it was, um, and he uh, was raising a girl who was an orphan, and um, there was no mother to nurse the baby. And a miracle happened, and the man was able to nurse the child and, and keep her alive. And the Gemara says that this miracle happened. The Gemara comments that this is disgusting. Kama Maguna, this miracle is disgusting and an insult. So Rukhan Legend says, what's going on over here? Is it a great thing that a miracle happened, or is it a bad thing? So he says like this. If you're known for your Torah and, and, and chesed, and you're known to be a great person, and that's who you are, and then on the side, you have them do some miracles. Okay, so then great. It uh, fits in with the profile. The person's a Tana and Amora, and he happens to do miracles on the side. Fine. The Gemara isn't filled with miracles. The Gemara is filled with lumdus, with learning, Torah, and Yerushimayim. He says, if you're just a Hugaver, you're some random guy, and no one knows anything about his Torah, and then all of a sudden we just start talking about these osos and mofs and these miracles that he does, then that's worthless. And I'll, I'll finish the sentence and no one misunderstands it. He wasn't insulting anybody, but he was saying that if you're known as a Galba Torah and you're a Shemayim, and you teach Torah and mitzvos and midos, and then it happens to be on the side, there are some osos and mofsim that, that come out because a person that accepts Torah on himself, uh, Hashem changes the world around for him. That's great. That's wonderful. That's the Vilna Gon. But if you're just telling me stories about nobody, about a nobody who all of a sudden does osos and mofsim, and that's the reason that you want to be close with him and spend time with him, then that doesn't justify it. And that is as litfish as it comes. Anyway, so I hope these stories inspire us to become greater and better people and to understand the greatness of the Vilna Gon. Some of the tip of the iceberg about what is, there's a, there's a lot of other stories and a lot of other comments if you want to take a look there at the Reb Chaim Velazhin's introduction to the Safer Safer's music. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at parshathemes.com.